following is a presentation of the Gear Radio Network. You're listening to Better Life Than Dead. I believe it's a big challenge for our building um, to keep things in perspective and, and to, um, if we're going to get addicted to anything, let's get addicted to the process. And with that, we welcome you to Trust the Podcast, episode number 45, week one, Buffalo Bills at the New York Jets. Yeah, pretty terrible. Sorry. <laughs> it was pretty, it was pretty, pretty, pretty terrible. I, I don't know if you were expecting me to do my uh, my uh, at MRLG Perez impression. You weren't going to get it there because I'm salty as hell right now. That is exactly what I was looking for. And I, I still got something. So it works for me. But yeah. this podcast powered by Better Live Than Dead and the Gear Radio Network. You, can you know what it's not powered by? It's not powered by Adam Gase and his inept offense. Hey, that's fair. <laughs> we'll get into that in just a moment here. You can hear this podcast and all. Better Live Than Dead podcast. You know where you can't life. hear it? You can't hear it on, on SNY in the New York Chess postgame <laughs> show. <laughs> John is so spicy. I love it already. You can hear this podcast on betterlivethandead.com, Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, iHeartRadio, Spotify, YouTube, wherever you get a podcast, you get this podcast. I am Ryan Wolf at WolfBLTD, and if you guessed it by now, joining me on the IndyCard Media Hotline, he is the Bills Mafia's most saltiest Jets fan. John Sabino at the JC Money. John, I'm not even going to ask how you're doing because I got a feeling I know how you're doing. Shut up, Ryan. And it's fair. I mean, we we were texting back and forth throughout uh, most of the game, mm-hmm. and we were talking about when the Jets scored. I'm like, man, this game sucks. When the Bills scored, you were like, man, this game sucks. When no one was doing anything, we both were like, man, this game sucks. And really, for for I would say – Aside from from maybe five or six minutes out of the entire game, like five or six minutes of football time were actually interesting. The rest of the game was boring. And heads up, for those of you who didn't watch, may have missed, or you're getting your recap from Trust the Podcast, first off, thank you. We want to recap the game real quick. Buffalo, the Bills pull off the improbable. Oh, here we go. Hold on. Before you before you give it the professional spin, I'll give it the real spin. The well, Buffalo me, Bills, I was going to say I was going to say I'll give it the professional spin, and then I'm going to let you go. The Buffalo, I'll, no, I'm going first. Damn it! The oh, Buffalo God. Bills did everything they could to hand the game to the New York Jets, and the Jets simply refused to win it. There you go. Now that's fair. That honestly is fair. The Bills pull off the improbable comeback, scoring 17 unanswered, defeat the New York Jets 17 to 16. Now, John, I'm just going to jump right into the three big things here because because honestly. Um, there's a lot of stats here I want to throw out because, again, on Trust the Podcast, I like to be the stats guy. I like to throw out some stuff. I'm not trying to rub the salt in the wound, but this was a very, very historical, I guess, win you could say for the Buffalo Bills. Um, definitely any more or any less historical than Ryan Fitzpatrick being the first quarterback in NFL history to throw eight interceptions, uh, an interception for eight different teams. Also, the <laughs> first quarterback to throw a touchdown for eight different teams. Shut up, Ryan. He's both good and bad uh, at quarterback, but he's made a hell of a career for himself, speaking of the Buffalo Bills. That's that Harvard education for you. But anyways, go it, ahead. Three big things. I'm sorry. It definitely feels like week one. I mean, we we started off watching where, where Buffalo's offense came out and seemed to be rolling, but they kept kicking themselves in the ass. Every single time they get something going, it was a turnover. It was a penalty. It was uh, an incompletion, bad play call, whatever it may be. 
and they always seem to slow themselves down. Uh, they committed Buffalo's offense committed four turnovers. Uh, we had the Josh Allen interception. That was a low pass that bounced off Cole Beasley, which he normally catches a freak interception there. There was a second pick that was deflected. There was a strip sack and a bad, excuse me, a bad Mitch Morse to Josh Allen exchange. That was also a fumble lost. Now, John Buffalo, 0-10 last season when allowing two-plus turnovers. This is the Bills' first win since September 21st, 1997 versus Indianapolis, where they uh, had four-plus turnovers and still pulled out the victory at the end. Excuse me. Uh, I had some chicken wing dip, and I'm burping it up right now as we speak. Yeah, and I'm, I think I'm even more saltier about the fact that you had chicken wing dip and I didn't than the than the you know Bills gift wrapping the gift wrapping the game to the Jets and the Jets saying Nah, fam, it's all good, we're good. Well, look at if you come out and watch the Bills sometime, I'll make sure we have some chicken wing dip for you. Yeah, buddy, I got you, man. All right. Per- at NFL Research on Twitter, Josh Allen is the first quarterback with four-plus giveaways in a win since 2013 when Andy Dalton, Carson Palmer, and Peyton Manning, one of these things not like the other, all did so in 2013. <laughs> also, at Bill Barnwell says on Twitter, since 2000, teams winning the turnover margin 4 to nothing were 177-6. and six. After today, the New York Jets made it 177-7. and seven. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what do, what, what do you want? What do you want for me there, go. man? <laughs> go, Chargers, go! I don't oh, charge you score. I no, I just can't do an Arnold Schwarzenegger impression. But that's all I thought of because oh. I was going to do the Jets Jets thing, but I always screw it up because I'm I don't know what's wrong with me. Oh, you can that's do what, like what's his face did at the draft the other day. J E S T J Jest Jest Jest. So, John, I think you can agree with me on this one, that Buffalo did not deserve to win this game. As you mentioned, Buffalo did everything they could to lose this game, and the Jets still gift-wrapped them the, the, the victory. Uh, I, I don't want to necessarily say that they, did every, that, that they didn't deserve to win that game as much as the Jets deserved to lose that game with how they played. Like, uh, from the, speaking from the Jets' side of things, here we go. Um, they made the hire of Adam Gase, which I was not, and you can attest to this, Ryan. I was not a fan of right at the beginning. I more I wanted Mike McCarthy, to be perfectly honest with you, because of McCarthy's development of Aaron Rodgers. He has a history of of developing, you know, he's kind of inept when it comes to playing, you know, you know, offense and and not going from McCarthy ball. But I think he would have probably been a better option than Adam Gase, who. Uh, who only had it got us two head coaching jobs because of calls from his buddy Peyton Manning. You know, that's really what sold him. You know, Peyton, oh, Peyton says we got to hire him. We got to hire him. Yeah. How, how you doing, Miami? How's that? How did that treat you three for three years? But, you know, we hear about, you know, he's the first offensive minded head coach um, since uh, what's his face? I can't remember his name even now. It's been so long, but in 1996 uh, for the New York Jets, and they've all been defensive minded. And what ended up happening was the Jets played the same GD offense that they did under the Todd Bowles era. Okay. Now the defense for, to, to be perfectly honest with you, if you are a fan of, of defensive football, this was the game for you because the bills defense just were completely dominated, especially within the the first two and a half quarters, of the game dominated the New York jets. Um, the, the Jets defense dominated the, the Bills offense for the first three quarters of the game before CJ Mosley went down with a groin injury. Um, yeah, so CJ Mosley, CJ Mosley very much was the defense for the Jets. He was the heart and soul yeah, once he went absolutely, out. Absolutely. Absolutely. When he went down, that dynamic changed. But 
That said, the bright spots for the Bills were uh, were uh, what's his face, um, uh, Singletary, what Devin Singletary. Yep, like he he was he was I, I, truthfully between the Jets' defensive collapse at the end when C.J. Mosley went down with that groin injury, and the emergence of Devin Singletary in that fourth quarter. Singletary won that game. Singletary brought them back and won that game for for the Buffalo Bills. And and that is a bright spot that I think the Bills should, uh, you know, be happy about, especially considering that a mere week and a half ago they cut LaShawn McCoy, and people are like, well, he still got tread, he still has tread on the tires, but that shows you Devin Singletary showed you why the Bills drafted him so high today in that fourth quarter when it mattered the most. Yeah, I definitely think that Devin Singletary will have some growing pains. As we saw today, there was there was a replay where he broke a big run, and instead of running off to the right and in for a touchdown, he broke back left a little early, which ended up causing some uh, contact with the Jets' defense, and he was tackled shortly thereafter. But plays like that show you that he has, when he sees a hole he can hit it, he can go. And that's a lot of the reason why the Buffalo Bills like him and picked him up. But I, I will say I will say this, and and I last week it was on uh, either BLTD or Trust the Podcast. I, I can't remember when I asked you specifically why does why does the uh, why does Bills media seem to be down on Josh Allen? Well, I, I I get it now. Yeah, I mean, looking at Josh Allen, um, he he definitely didn't make terrible decisions today. There were some throws that were questionable. He had some questionable. Times where he decided, you know, hey, I'm going to run it instead of sitting in the pocket. And as the game went on, I felt like he got a little more comfortable and he got a little, uh, a little better with his decision making. But there's still, I mean, there's still a lot to be said about about Josh Allen. I think we've got some uh, his his big keep your eyes on him because he's 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 there's like I said, there's just it's it's hard to. I'm just trying to think like he think strikes back me. Game. He strikes me as a very hot cold player. Absolutely, um, I think so. And, I think and right I, but I do think, uh, and the one big improvement that I I saw today versus what I saw with Josh Allen last year is he's now he he's now not afraid to throw it away. Like he threw it Absolutely. away a number of times when he was feeling the pressure. Whereas last year he was either trying to run it or he'd take the sack. So I that's like definitely that a big the improvement there for him. I like seeing that he stepped up in the pocket too and, and got himself away from some defenders uh, and was able to extend plays. Um, I mean, I wasn't totally, I, the, you know, the, the, the ball security, certainly you want to see that be a little better. But then again, when you're getting crunched by multiple defenders at once, you know, ball security may be a little difficult. Um, that, that center to quarterback exchange, you really can't, you know, that's just a, that's a mishap. Right. From from Mitch Morse missing all of the preseason with his concussion, mm-hmm. um, and just not having a lot of reps. I mean, they have practice, but aside from that, you know, there's not many game situations they got. There's no game situations that they had together this preseason. So uh, that I would presume will get better. But again, I, I you just want to see better. You want to see continued improvement of decision making from Josh Allen. I think today was a step in the right direction. Um, using Cole Beasley, using John Brown a lot. In 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 uh, more or less what felt like a checkdown situation, mm-hmm. letting them letting them get an open space and make the play. Um, I think if the if if you know 
extrapolate what we saw today with Josh Allen and John Brown. There, this could be a big year for the both of them if they continue that 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 uh, Allen to Brown connection. I feel that the Allen to Beasley connection is going to be the bigger the bigger connection. I think of the so. Two. I think I so. Just, I, I just got I uh, just got the feeling from them when I would see them. You know how they would connect and and you know Allen throwing bullets to to Beasley and Beasley catching them. I mean there was a few that you know were over his head or whatever, but the the fact that you know in the early portion of the uh second half uh and i want to say it was the second quarter like there was a there was a uh, quite a few passes from allen to beasley that resulted in quick first downs or a quick five six yards here to kind of you know help move the chains and whatever and that's going to be a, a a key element for them john brown has that has the speed so depending on how well that allen to beasley thing that could really open up the opportunity for the Allen to Josh Brown connection, and as well, Devin Singletary again. If if he if he you know takes takes from this and he starts getting more touches and he starts you know learning a little bit more and everything and opening that play up, then the sky really is the limit with those quote unquote non sexy wide receivers that the Bills went out and got this past offseason. And also, I, I have to I have to give props that Bills offensive line. They did a pretty damn good job of protecting Josh Allen today, which they did not do, and that was a big source of agita for me in multiple podcasts last season. And looking at uh, our second big thing, as you mentioned, the offensive line, uh, the Bills offense versus the Bills defense. Now, the Bills offense flowed throughout the game for sure. Saw a lot of positivity, a lot of a lot of forward progress, but it always seemed like, as you mentioned before, uh, they weren't able to complete it, where they would get to the point where you know, John Feliciano had two big uh, penalties on a drive that pulled the Bills out of field goal range, or you know there was that those two interceptions or the two fumbles, whatever it may be. Um, the the offense felt like it was flowing, which is good. I mean, and then and then towards the end of the game, as you mentioned, John, you get those four carries from Devin Singletary for seventy yards, which I think that they should really, you know, Singletary started this week. I would presume he'll start next week, and and the, the Bills came out throwing; they didn't come out running at all. And uh, I think we may see a little bit of a change there. But then again, if the point is to get Josh Allen comfortable out of the gate, by all means, go for it. Uh, on the Buffalo Bills defensive uh, side, they only allowed one touchdown today, despite the fact they allowed 16 points. Uh, there was that one safety where F- uh, Frank Gore was tackled at the goal line in the end zone. Uh, Which incidentally been- could have gone either way. Absolutely. I think the reason why it, it went in favor of the safety was because it was the initial call and literally every camera angle was inconclusive. It's but very it really very could have gone. It really could have gone either way. It definitely was one of those calls where if on the field it was called down at the one and was challenged, it would have stayed down at the one. But obviously, you saw that it was a safety and they kept it a safety. But the Bills' defense allowed only one touchdown and 223 total yards, 175 passing yards, 68 rushing yards. They had four sacks and were credited with eight pass deflections. John, it felt like every time a Sam Darnold pass left his the ball left his fingertips. It was bouncing off someone's hands on the defensive line or a linebacker or someone in that front seven or eight. It was uh, definitely not the best game for Sam Darnold. I mean, it wasn't. It certainly wasn't the worst. He would. Yeah. He wasn't throwing interceptions, but I mean, it, you know that that could have easily his no interception game today could have easily been a three interception game because of that very fact. Oh, absolutely. I think that um, it, it felt like for, for throughout the most most of the game that it was definitely a a back and forth of okay, you know, hey, this this drive changing, game changing, interception, fumble, sack, whatever's going to come, and it never seemed to come 
um, for the New York Jets offense. So it's like, okay, you know, Donald's got to throw a pick here. Is there's not, things aren't going good. Passes are getting deflected. The, the, the bills defense is all over the, the Jets offensive line. And that's positive to see. Cause as we talked about last week with Matt Perino on trust the podcast, you know, it's, it's definitely something where you're expecting the defense to be good. You need the offense to be good enough today. The offense was good enough. Now, granted you want them to be much better than they were today. It's week one. And they played now, granted, don't get me wrong, the Jets defense may not be great this year, but that Jets defense will be much better than it was last year. So looking on paper right now, you may say, hey, this is kind of strange. The Bills shouldn't struggle against the Jets. But looking at that defense, when all is said and done, you may come down to you see it and say, wow, you know, I get now why they struggled so bad. Right. Yes. Uh, you know, again, it was not. It was just. It was not a good game. It was. It, there was. Uh, there. There were some positives on both sides, but there were a lot of negatives on both sides. And and both teams are very very young teams. So and I have to try and for as much uh, uh, of the saltiness as I as I had developed. If you follow me on Twitter at the JC Money, uh, you will you will see a lot a, a a a Jets live tweet thread that I have. Uh, you know, personally pinned to my uh, to to the top of my profile there, and I've done it since preseason, uh, just to kind of see it through. And you will see how salty I get with with these things. But all that aside, both teams are are very very young in in this game, and you're gonna see you're gonna see thing, things like this. You're gonna see for you know if you're a fan of the Jets, you're go- you're going to see this offense be inept at times. Uh, if you're a fan of the Bills, you know there's a lot of question marks right now in terms of what kind of team they are. You know they show signs of what they can be, and and I think in this game the Bills did a good a good job of showing both Jekyll and Hyde. Yeah, you know during this game, um, but it's week one, and for salty Jets fan like me. You know, you got to kind of, you know, brush it off and let it go or whatever. And for, and for, you know, way too optimistic Bills fan, you have to remember that you beat the, that the, the Bills beat the Jets. You know, if they play like this against an elite team or even a borderline elite team. So if you're playing against the New Englands of the world, if you're playing against the Rams, if you're playing against uh, the Saints, if you're playing against, you know, borderline teams like, like the, the Steelers until they are, if you're playing against Baltimore, if you're playing against uh, the Packers, you know, you're not you're not pulling out victories like this, you know. So it's just week one, and by and large, it's an extension of the preseason, if you will. Absolutely, <laughs> you know. At this point, so uh, the verdict is still out on on not just the Jets, but the verdict is still out on the Bills as well. It's going to be very it, interesting to see how the Giants match up. I know the Giants are currently playing against Dallas right now. I have no idea what's going on there. But I've been trying uh, to. Is. I've been watching that game too to kind of keep an eye on, on how the Giants play and what I think the Bills are going to have to look forward to uh, with that. The the, the just, good just thing a, for them, the good thing just, for the Bills though, is that it's just, at a, just, a, just a quick heads up, John. Sorry, uh, the Cowboys are up twenty-one to seven. Thirty seconds left before the half. Despite the fact that Eli Manning is 10 for 13 with a touchdown, only 83 yards, but 10 for 13 with a touchdown. And Saquon Barkley has five rushes for 73 yards. So maybe I feel like we're going to have a freaking replay of this week's game next week. Jesus. Maybe, maybe the Giants defense is. Ryan, where are you? Are you in the hood? No, I mean, but 
dog. I'm in Batavia, man. You're down, in the hardcore down... street in Batavia, New York. <laughs> <laughs> I live I live down the street from the hospital in Batavia. So you know we get the sirens, the lights and sirens coming by. Oh, the ambulance man. is hauling ass to the hospital, man. Oh man. You're killing me. <laughs> oh, all right. <laughs> but looking at um I what I was gonna say here, John, is that I I if if we see speaking, well, speaking of the hood, some old some old person just rolled up in front of my house, like slow rolled yeah. in a in an old Buick and just kind of sat there and looked at my house. And they're looking at my house. Hold on. Hold on one second. Excuse me. Breaking into shtick here. Hey, get off my lawn. He just looked at me. Now they're now they're, now they left. They probably, <laughs> probably didn't even hear me. <laughs> Whatever. Oh man. All it's right. always good for the podcast. I love it. I love Trust it. Trust the podcast. Thank Nate you. Geary, Nate Geary, WGR, uh, fan of the podcast, recently on the podcast, uh, at Nate Geary, Nate Geary, WGR says, I see a lot of folks, 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 what am I, an old white guy? I see a lot of folks saying Alan played. Can I just a- yell at you over there? Yeah. <laughs> I see Alan saying he played a bad game. He had three quarters of bad football, finished eight for 10 for 108 yards and a touchdown in the fourth quarter. So, <laughs> excuse me. It was a tough way to start the game, but towards the end of the game, uh, it was it was not terrible, and if the Bills' offense struggles again next week, that's when I will get worried. Uh, but for right now, a win is a win is a win, and it really seems to me, John, as if uh, what is it, Corey Vedvik is how you say his name? He probably may not have a job. Missed a PAT in a forty-five yard field goal. Struggled this preseason when he was traded from Baltimore to Minnesota, and then the Jets, I believe, picked him up off waivers. Uh, he may not be long for the Meadowlands. Oh no, he's not. This this is going to be the story of the Jets season. I hate the fact that the you know with all of the moves and and all of the Jets free agent additions uh, looked great today. Um, but you know, I hate the fact that this is going that this of all things is going to be the story of the Jets season. And I called it in week one of the preseason when the first kicker that I don't even remember who the hell it was uh, was missing everything left and right, and I'm like. This is going to be the story of the season. This kick, the kicking thing is going to cost us games. And this particular game, this game right here, four points, a missed field goal and a missed extra point. Four points was the difference between a win and a loss for the New York Jets. One point, even if he missed the extra, even if he missed the field goal, but he hit the extra point, we would be in an over, we'd be going to overtime. We'd have gone into overtime and who knows what would have happened there. Probably a tie, but you know, who knows what would have happened there. But the fact of the matter is for the New York Jets, of all positions, the kicker is 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 what's going to be the big storyline for them. So again, it's week one, extension of the preseason, if you will, but these games do count. So if if it boils down to a tiebreaker in week 17. The Bills already have the one-up advantage on the Jets. It puts that much more pressure on the New York Jets to win the next matchup with the Buffalo Bills because, like, I—that's what I said. I kept, I kept repeating myself today, John. That's exactly what I was saying over at my wife's uncle's house. Was hey, you know, I know this is the Bills and Jets, but this is a huge game because I mean, there's no way the Bills aren't going to win the AFC East, the Jets aren't going to win the AFC East. But what you want to see is if they're going to try to make the wild card, you have to win games not only in your conference, but you have to win games against your division opponents. So, again, you know what the hell with it? Bold prediction: Patriots are going eight and eight this year. I'm that salty. Oh God! I mean, <laughs> could you imagine how awesome that would be? Though it'd be oh hilarious. God. What are you? What are you doing over there? How many beers did you have today? I, I will. I will. Uh, no comment. Yes. Yes. That's fair. Well, hey, John. Yes, go ahead. 
supposed to say what? Huh? I want to introduce a new segment. The three of the three of the third, the third of the three big things. Yes. This week we are introducing Gore Watch. Yeah, buddy. Frank Gore went to week one, ranked fourth all time in NFL history with 14,748 rushing yards. Now, John, and for those of you counting at home, Barry Sanders ranked third all time with 15,269 rushing yards. So we're heading into today's game, Gore, 521 rushing yards behind Barry Sanders for third all time. In today's game against the New York Jets, Frank Gore, 11 rushes for 20 yards, nothing crazy. But heading into week two, Frank Gore now 501 yards behind Barry Sanders. Hey, you this know has- what? I, I honestly, I feel, I got to say, and and that that's just, it's a, it's a great thing. I am happy for Frank Gore that he's, that he's on this team and that we're going to be as part of trust podcast uh, following him here. You know, if he rushes for 20 yards, all, all 16 games this season, well, he'll only have rushed for 320 yards, but we know that we know that's not going to happen. Uh, he, I truly feel he will, damn it. We had the shady watch for what was a shady for, te, uh, for 10 K 12 for what, for what? I'm sorry. What 12 K for 12 K. Okay. We had the shady watch for 12 K. Damn it. Frank Gore is going to get Barry Sanders on this podcast. He is. Absolutely. We're going to do it. I really hope he's, so. He's going to do it, and we're going to follow it. Because, you know, normally because normally in the uh, in the podcast land, when you do something like this on a podcast, and the first time it doesn't work out, shame on me, uh, you don't do it again. But what did I do? I just dusted off the old the old uh, watch the watch the talented running back chase records, and we're going to try it again. Hopefully we're successful this time. But either way, next uh, 17 weeks of the 16, 17 weeks of the football season, we're going to be following this. And uh, we'll keep you posted on Gore Watch. Yes, Gore Watch. Gore, Gore, Gore for all you wrestling fans out there. Now, looking ahead, brought to you by 26 Shirts. Check them out, 26shirts.com, at 26 Shirts on Twitter and Instagram or facebook.com backslash 26 Shirts. I would highlight this week's set of shirts, but they are all, well, the, the, the main shirt at least, which happens to be the Volume 6 22, shirt 22, Go Deep. That expires in six hours, and I don't believe you will be able to grab that by now. Same with the Buffalo Comeback Allen's Town. So my best suggestion for you, do yourself a favor, go out, donate some money, buy a t-shirt over at 26shirts.com. Again, you can catch them at 26shirts on Twitter and Instagram and facebook.com backslash 26shirts. Hopefully the, the, the idea is we'll get Dell back on the podcast next week. John was on the podcast this week because he is again, Bill's mafia's most saltiest jets fan. I'm their favorite jets fan. Damn it. Ryan get the words. I'm probably even more favorite now because they actually get a salty jets fan to hear and they could be like, yeah, aha. Yeah. Bill's won. Woo. Woo. Let's hear from a Jets fan, and I'm like, "Shut up, Ryan!" And they're like, "I mean, ah, John, you yeah. did, John, you did text me right after the game and said, yeah, I'm not ready to podcast.' Uh, so I totally understand the saltiness because honestly, <laughs> I would have felt the same way if the Bills lost that game. I would have gotten on the expect- podcast. But you know what? With the game that that was being had, regardless, like I would have expected that too from you because it's it was fr- it was it was frustrating because it was so. They, these are little little things that that both teams were doing, and they were doing poorly. But these are the little things that 
upper echelon teams have no issue with. Yeah, the I would have I mean, the Jets with their game. penalties. It, 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 you, 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 took, you took Todd Bowles out. You put Adam Gase in. Same damn thing. The penalties were, were giving them <laughs> yards. The offense was inept. This offensive quarterback whisperer here for the coach, you, you know, it just it was the same thing. So I was I was frustrated with that. And even if I would have had, even if the Jets would have won, it would have been great. But then I'd been like, damn, like the Bills just would have had the, you know, it would it would it would have just been a different dynamic. It would have been it probably would have not made as many Bills fans that listen to this podcast as happy, um, you know, if it if it were on the other side. But still, I, I get it, you know, and I would have totally understood if you would have been like, yeah, podcast is on hold for just a little bit right now. <laughs> <laughs> I would have Again, much yeah. rather I would have much rather the Bills blew the Jets away and yeah, then have I mean, it then yeah. have it end like that. Or or opposite, honestly, because it was it seemed like there was a lot of rust, mm-hmm. a lot of hanging around, a lot of kind of just crap. And you don't want that. You want it to right. either be good or bad. I, uh, I would have rather it be 49 to nothing. Or what was the score of Baltimore? 59 to 10? 59 to 10. I mean, I guess it could have been worse. We could have been Miami. But, you know, uh, you know, I would have rather it been that because at that point, all the saltiness would have been done at the end of the first half. And it just would have been laughable by, by the time it was over. And I'd be like, yeah, whatever. We'll get on the podcast and we'll talk about it. But the plain and simple fact that we can boil down a, a Jets win or a possible tie to the fact that the kicker from that I called in the preseason saying it was going to be an issue for the New York Jets. I called it on Twitter. It's on that Jets run. I called it on the preseason saying this is going to be a, a difference maker. The kicker, I can tell right now, first freaking game, the kicker, the kicker, the missing the points. That's the difference. Like that's, that's, I think what makes me so much is so salty about it. I would have, if I would have had an, a blowout loss or at least another butt fumble, I probably would have been okay. Immediately Man, after the butt fumble. Oh, if we had another butt fumble, that would be incredible. Oh, you know what? As a Jets fan, I love. I think the butt fumble is hilarious. It's the greatest thing ever. It's so much so, in fact, that at the nine to five job breaking on the wall here, and I know we're on time constraints, so I'll be quick about it. But at the nine to five, uh, we have this area uh, chat using. Um, I don't know, some, I think it might be WebEx teams or something like that. Right. And everybody's all, Oh, good morning. Good morning. And they're posting their happy Monday coffee gifts and all that stupid office crap. And I'm Sounds the guy like that drops somebody them. has a case of the Mondays. Right, right. Exactly. Like working hard or hardly working. Oh, bro. Good stuff. <laughs> and I'm the guy that just drops the butt fumble gif in there and I go about my business. So the butt fumble is uh, many handy uses for that. Well, hey, look at we're moving forward. A win is nice. It's uh, it's Victory Tuesday on a Sunday night because uh, obviously we should record the podcast on a Tuesday. But uh, looking at week two, John, wins are nice, losses are crappy, but they only last so long in the National Football League. You have to have a a, a quick a quick turnaround, a short fuse, a short memory. That's the word I'm looking for. Short memory. You don't want a short fuse. Short memory. Week two, the Buffalo Bills at the New York Giants. The Buffalo Bills go back to MetLife Stadium. John, can the Buffalo Bills continue to handle the league's best running backs? Now, Saquon Barkley, obviously very good, if you can believe it. Uh, the Buffalo Bills were, it looked like a little challenged by, uh, by I almost said Saquon Barkley, by Le'Veon Bell and his return to the National Football League today. Uh, but they they definitely kept him under control for the most part. Uh, but Saquon Barkley, next level, I would say one of the top three running backs in the National Football League. Do you think the Buffalo Bills defense will struggle or succeed against him next week? I see this this contest being very much uh, a duplicate of of this week with the Jets. 
uh, to be perfectly honest with you. Um, you know, Saquon Barkley is very good. So is Le'Veon Bell. Um, you know, I, I would argue that an older Eli Manning is equivalent to a younger Sam Darnold right now. So there, there, there's a lot of similarities between the Giants and the Jets at this point right now. They're the receiving core. They're, they have Sterling Shepard, but he's not Odell Beckham Jr. Um, you know, I, I think that the, the Bills defensively, if they have the same game plan that they had against the Jets, they'll be fine. Offensively? Might want to look into a, a couple of different things, a couple of uh, different options there, maybe running the ball a little bit more instead of trying to pass in the first half uh, like they did. Because that was, you know, Bill's Twitter was all over that. It's like, why are we not running the ball much? Why? What's going on here? Like, you know, that kind of thing. Maybe running the ball a little bit more, and they might be able to, add, you know, have points on a little early. Uh, the Giants, I, right now, you know, it's on the other room and the other TV in the other room, so I, there's not a whole lot for me to study on that one right now. But from what I can see on paper, very similar to the Jets, I I would expect a very similar game, and I would all and I would give Buffalo the edge on that one. I don't have a score for you because I didn't have a score for this one because who, who knows what uh, what Josh Allen or what Buffalo Bills team you're going to see for that matter. But I would, if I'm a betting man, I'd bet that it's going to be very similar to how this Week One contest was. I'm going to say maybe twenty-one seventeen, maybe twenty-one to ten, Buffalo. I mean, I'm not just saying Buffalo is going to win because. Uh, I, I like the Bills, and this is a Bills podcast, and we're trusting the podcast. But I'll tell you what, uh, the Giants aren't good, and essentially you're going to have to make Eli Manning beat you. And I know today with the Jets and the Bills, the one thing we didn't mention was that the Jets did say, you know, we'll make Josh Allen play quarterback and beat us, and they made Josh Allen play quarterback, and Josh Allen beat them. But looking at Eli Manning, they, the offense doesn't really have a whole lot aside from uh, – Aside from Saquon Barkley, I mean, let's be honest. Eli Manning is definitely uh, on the last couple holes of his career. Uh, wide receivers aren't there. They have Evan Ingram, who's a really you know up and coming tight end, very fun to watch. But aside from that, man, there's there's not a whole lot there. All I'm going to say is is if the the Bills better not play too hard on Eli because if Eli struggles, the Giants' Lord and Savior Daniel Jones is coming in, and look out, America, if he comes in. How long do you think? Uh, do you think? By the way, uh, I mean, I don't think it'll be week two, but how long do you think it is until they pull the trigger and put Daniel Jones in a quarterback in New York if Eli struggles? When the when the Giants are officially playoff eliminated, that's when I think we'll start to see Daniel Jones come in, maybe in the second half or in like the fourth quarter of a meaningless game in garbage time, uh, or possibly start the final game or the final two games of this season. But I I believe that when, because the giants are in love with Eli Manning, regardless, you know, as a Patriots killer, I guess, you know, he earned that. But uh, when the giants are pretty much mathematically eliminated from the playoffs in a, in a very stacked division anyways, with Philadelphia and, and both Philadelphia and Dallas, that's when I think we'll start to see the signs of Daniel Jones coming in or whatever. I don't expect, I expect less out of the giants than I did, than I do the jets. If that's any indication. I mean, looking, looking at the NFC East, if you're talking about playoff teams and being eliminated, uh, the Eagles looked dangerous with that. Carson Wentz to Sean Jackson connection today. I mean, uh, I almost said Kirk cousins case case Keenum looks really good today in Washington. I mean, granted they lost, but, 
still looked good. Uh, so we'll see what happens there. But uh, holy crap! I, I just brought up one of my um, fantasy fantasy leagues. Yeah, um, the ESPN one that I typically you know have, have played for money, but this year I was like, eh, no. Okay, here's here's my team, and I, I we're we're kind of crossing over in a BLTD land here. But uh, I have Carson Wentz, and that's what reminded me is when you started talking about his connection, dude. I have Carson Wentz starting. He's 313 yards, three touchdowns. He got me 33 and a half points. <laughs> and, that, and then next, my my RB, my my two running backs, Dalvin Cook, 111 yards, two touchdowns, got me 29 points. And Christian McCaffrey, 128 yards, two touchdowns, 44.9 PPR league. That's perfect, man. I auto drafted this team. Yikes. <laughs> I, oh, I am ahead. I am projected to win. Uh, I am projected to score 199, 199.1, but I'm up 156.7 to uh, my opponent's 62.6. Their projected high, 121.7. So, yeah, I won this week. There you go. Enjoy it. <laughs> well, hey. I did not draft, and I did not even adjust this lineup. That's amazing. We will we will close on that. The Buffalo Bills, again, Looking to go 2-0 and in New Jersey at MetLife Stadium this season against the New York Giants next week. They pull off a, I would say, improbable 17-16 victory over the New York Jets. Uh, for John Cimino at the JC Money, I am Ryan Wolf at WolfBLTD. And, uh, John, mm. we are Trust the Podcast. You're not. We'll catch you sometime very soon. As always, go Bills. Shut up, Ryan. The preceding presentation has been brought to you by the Gear Network. Hey everybody, how's it going? It's Ryan Wolf. Hey, Mr. Perez. From the Better Live Than Dead podcast. You can catch the Better Live Than Dead podcast on the Gear Radio Network, betterlivethandead.com, and wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. With that being said, hey, we talk about sports, we talk about music, we talk about entertainment. I make things really awkward sometimes. That sounds about right. Uh Uh-huh. With that being said, though, as you always know, we are better alive than dead. You're not. We'll catch you sometime very soon.